Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to The Resistance Chicks, Part 2. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. Today is April 29th, Friday in the year 2022. Tonight we're going to have the second part of the Resistance Chicks which I think is going to be another very enjoyable interview. A lot to discuss, a lot of things covered, always about the key topics, which is homesteading and God. Powerful discussions, especially in this day and age, with all that is going on these days, as we continue to see food plants spontaneously erupt in fire. Somehow food has become a combustible item, which is quite amazing. And we see the continued engineering of trying to create a food shortage along with the persistent push to try to get the, the term and word famine into the normal vocabulary of every American. So you can kind of see what they're doing, this pre-programming and preparation for what will likely be in their hope will be a disaster for the country, but we're not going to let that happen. Before we begin tonight, make sure you're getting good sleep. And to get good sleep, you need great products. And those great products, there's no better products, in fact, than MyPillow. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation's landing page. It's a fantastic place to feature that features all the latest specials from MyPillow. And you're going to be able to take advantage of those specials by using your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You can use that promo code anywhere on the Frank Speech site, on the MyPillow site, and on the MyStore site. Now, right now, they've got some great, great specials like Giza cotton sheets, which are amazingly soft and comfortable. It really does enhance your sleep. They're up to 60% off. You have the MyPillow Classic down as low as 1998. That's one of the best pillows on the market. And of course, all of that was is run and controlled by one of America's great CEOs, Mike Lindell. And right now, when you use your promo code, you will get a copy complimentary with every order of Mike's book, which is his story that comes, takes him from addict to one of America's great CEOs. So again, head on over to mypillow.com forward slash bards, take advantage of all the great savings that are going on right there. There's so many other things besides pillows and sheets. There's mattress toppers, there's mattresses, there's towel sets, there's men's and women's sleepwear, there's children's Bible pillows, and those are awesome. All of these things there from a great company, great quality, amazing merchandise. And if you want to speak to a real person, you can call a Patriot Pillow Counselor at 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. Use your promo code BARDS and get hooked up for the best sleepwear on the market. So again, MyPillow.com, promo code BARDS. Now, Patriots, just before we begin real quickly tonight, a couple of things we had mentioned the other night, and I'm going to talk more about this tonight and through the weekend and then through next week, but we're really going to be focusing on a decentralized Bards Fest concept this year where there's going to be, whether people want to have their local Bards Fest or whether we're going to take advantage of pre-existing events, so much of the focus this year needs to be on developing skills and homesteading. And one of the first ones that's popped up, and the resistance chicks are going to be there, you're going to hear them mention it at the end of the show, and 
at the end of the show, they'll mention a what's called old school survival boot camp in Vinton County, Ohio. That website is old school survival boot camp, just like it sounds dot com. They're going to be there for a three day homesteading event, which is going to be on May 13th to the 15th. And that's going to be in the Hawking Hills region of Ohio. Now, all the, there's going to be all sorts of events or skilled seminars there, everything from skinning and, and butchering to how to grow grow crops, herbalism, making soaps, a whole variety of things. So if you are in the area and you want to attend something, it's going to be a camping event, which is fantastic. It's, and there's, the resistance chicks will be there if they can work it out and there's a, they're able to bring in a do a live stream. I'm going to at least call in at some point and support it. This is a really cool event we want to get behind. So again, that's Old School Survival Boot Camp, Vinton, Ohio, or Vinton County, excuse me, Vinton County, Ohio. And you can find that at oldschoolsurvivalbootcamp.com. So check that out. I think you'll be very rewarded with that and get a good sense of what's what skills you need to improve on or new skills you may develop that you want to explore. So all of this is geared towards getting back our sovereignty, which is so, so important. All right, Patriots. So tonight we are going to have part two of the Resistance Chicks interview. Last night we ended, we're going to pick up where we ended last night in a little bit of overlap just so we can have some context. We begin talking about, at the end of the show, we begin talking about protein in bugs and that led to soy boys and man cards so that's right about where we're going to pick up and from there we'll just see where it goes but i guarantee you you won't be disappointed so here we go with the resistance chicks part two They sell them at, we have a, a thing called a jungle gyms. It's like one, I don't know if that's nationwide or yeah. whatever, but it's, you know, the international stores where they sell just about everything. And every time we go in there, they've got a big thing right out front with these like candy coated bugs. And I'm yeah. like, so here's the thing about men. I'm going to throw this out there and, and I'm sure your viewers all agree. So it won't offend anybody. If you're the kind of guy who says, I like to eat meat, but I could never kill it. You have you any man card that you earn in any other skill is you gone. lose it Revoked, all. Set it on fire. You lose you lose all man cards. You lose them all. You have the very first thing that a man can do to get a man card is say, "I can kill an animal. I can provide for my family. Hunting and gathering. It's the it's the <laughs> most so primal." Awesome. I'm doing thing. that one. If you can't hunt and provide, you lose your man card. See ya. Goodbye. You do. Boom. Yeah. Gone. Man card End gone. End of story. <laughs> End now, of story. It's not, I guess, to me, it's not if you can't, you lose your man card. It's, it's if, if you, you won't. won't and you don't want to. And you and you say, like, I, I just could never do that. Yeah. Well, that, that, okay. So for all those soy boys out there that might be tuning in, there is hope for you. There is hope. That means you, as long as you're willing to, to hunt and learn how, and that means that according to the experts, you can get your man card, but boy, do you have a lot of work to do, man. I'll See, I've seen it. I've seen it. See, on our little homestead, it's small. We have held classes on butchering yeah. and slaughtering chickens and pigs. Probably and not as fancy as your class. Yeah, not as fancy. But since we've learned, people want to come. And we've had kids do. We've had kids come, women come. And when a man, men come and, and they say, I could butcher, here, give me the knife. And they do it and they're fine with it. 
they that mean you you've had your man card in waiting and now here it is you know and so there's a lot of guys out there who just haven't like had the opportunity your man card's not activated it's like having a credit card in the mail you can't use it you you didn't dial the number and and put in the authorized pin code sorry that's (laughs) That's exactly right but we butcher ours our our cooney coonies are like a red meat so so people have said that when they when they grill when we grill our uh, flank steaks, it tastes they can't tell the difference steak. between a beef steak. I absolutely enjoy butchering. I, I, I know you're doing this class and you're going to do a whole class on it. And I think if I were to have, I, I would love for, for Kira to be like, to come and watch us do it. And- oh, no, I would oh, by not. The way, like by the way, she- so I say it on the air. You guys have been formally invited out to their farm to come visit with them. Oh, that's I would awesome. love to do that. Loved, she wants so- to connect with you. So I'm going to see if I can, if you want them to be on your show, that'd be a good one. Oh, that's so oh my cool. gosh. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want her to grade mine. I don't want her to grade mine because we bring it in. Michelle and I will get started. And and literally, it's hilarious. Talk about doing dead weight. Michelle picks up one end. If Matt's not around, I pick up another. And we'll carry this half hog in that's been scraped. It's been, And honestly, when you're dealing with it after it's been scraped and scalded and clean, I tell you. It's nice. I enjoy yeah. it. Okay. I enjoy making the cuts because each pig's going to be different. You're going to get different cuts. We cut out the flank steak. We cut out. Are there lard pigs? So we get lots of lard, lots of crock pots going of lard over the next couple of days. Uh, we got freezer cut, uh, freezer full, and then making the pork chops. And we make our own bacon. We make some hams. We make our own we don't do sausage. A lot of hams. Yeah, we do we them, make, but we don't. Well, not then, like they're not conventional ham hocks, hams. They're mostly more like ham hocks. Ham hocks. Do the hocks. That's the American cut. Traditional cut is the big hams. And that's yeah, we don't what, do the and big I, my dad loves ham. I'm not a big ham guy. So I promise you on the next one, we're going to do a big ham. But um, the European cuts is what I prefer because you're turning those into like really beautiful, like pork yeah, chops and, then, so and, then, and pork steaks, right? But when they sit there and you look at that and you, I kind of pat them like a baby's butt and I'm just like so satisfied with these. Oh yeah, no, it's awesome. Michelle does the um, packaging and the labeling. So Leah will be and cutting it and it gets to me and I'm looking at this thing going, I'm going to eat you. I'm going to eat you. And these are hilarious labels. I'll pull them out and it'd be like four hunks of good meat, kind of fatty. I and do. I'll put descriptions or I'll put like four nice chops, perfect for grilling. Like I, cause I'm looking at it. I'm like, what do I want to make out of this? And so when I get it to the freezer, I can dig through and I can figure out but what see, it is. That's, that's a key part of this whole thing is because not only this is in your meal planning, it's in your creative. I mean, yeah. I really enjoy when we're butchering because I cook, Kira cooks, Theo cooks. I mean, everyone's up there. And so when there's these conversations going on, right, you can talk about like, how do you want this to be look and you can you're looking at the bacon you're like man like some of this bacon there's some she cuts the cheek with by the way this is really interesting because the cheek she cuts with when she takes the head off the cheek stays with the carcass the way she cuts it so that becomes like a a a small um, bacon is what it is it's fantastic yeah 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 so it's really nice you get a nice layer of fat on that but you know that the when you're getting into this and you can start having these discussions, when my parents were there, we were having, my mom grew up in, in Mexico. So understanding and pork was part of their life. It was, they had a pig themselves. My dad had a pig when he grew up. So everybody, these are, my parents are there talking about how they grew up 
And it's the whole process of seeing how each aspect is used, where you're going to use it, how you're going to incorporate oh, it in your meals. Yeah. It's a big part. And it also affects how you design your garden when you go to this whole thing, because then you can start going, well, hey, like we want more potatoes or we want more carrots or we need some of this. You're going to start thinking differently when you're putting That's the so meat true. in. so true. Right? It's, yeah. it's really, it's a full. So I, I think that when we start talking about the small homestead model, what is so important is it each layer has the ability to have a protein. I mean, this is a big deal. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be bugs. It doesn't. And yeah, it, it's not going to be bugs. You start feeding me bugs, I'll start feeding you lead. So, I mean, that's like kind of the, how that goes because it ain't going to happen. No no, no bugs here. But it's we start getting these these fantastic um, integration of, of communities. And this is where as it brings communities together. I mean, one of the things I've talked about on the show and I learned when I was in the South for a couple of years is even today, a traditional Southern wedding, what do they do as the part of the after wedding party? They eviscerate it. They butcher a pig. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's part of the, they bring, they go out, they, they take the hog, they, they kill it, they butcher it, they eviscerate it. That's part of that, right? Yeah. The other thing that I'm really, I'm moving into, and, and this will be over this next year, is setting up and on curing meat rather than refrigeration. So this is a yeah. this is part of on a larger scale of like, we, we know smoking is one thing, but curing is another. So trying yeah. to get, now Mark Baker does charcuterie. And I think yes, intense, they are all, intense charcuterie they, yeah. people, man. So awesome. I think he does, doesn't he do dry curing? He does all kinds of, so Jill does a lot of that. Um, what is it called when you uh, store your cooked meat well, in that's the different. fat? That's different. Too. I know I'm just saying there's other, there's, that, that's Confit. no refrigerator. Comfy. 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 So you're, yeah, you're dipping it in the lard, right? So and she does a lot of that and she'll just pull it out and it's ready to go. I mean, I watched a video of her doing that the other day that we've not entered into that realm. That's, that's yet. where I'm going in this because we're kind of in this county. Like a way, and this is again how the county by county model really starts to take form. So, you've got the only on on farm butchery is Helios Farms. That's the only one. There's two other butchers, commercial, um, and then what we're going to set up in this the other part of that the augmentation that I'm setting up is we're going to get into rather than just traditional butchery with refrigeration, we're going to go butchery with, and that's on this new property, butchery with dry curing and. I love it. That's the, so, that's so awesome. there's a nice compliment. So there's a balance, a different way of having meats. And it also is a, re, it's kind of sets up your redundancy again. If you don't have power, if there's a limitation on fuel, right. there's another place and another way and another skill set. That's the big one. It's really accomplishing the skills to pass on. I, I guess I can't overstate that enough of how important it is that the skills we have, we are starting to pass on to the youth. Right? Yeah. So one of the greatest things that I, I'm super excited about on this new property, we've got a guy coming up to run cattle on it. Okay. Now That's why awesome. I'm I, normally like, okay, no big deal. You're going to put cattle on the property. This is more than this. He's in his late twenties. He wants to be a cattle rancher and he's good. So, and talk about the way God works. I met, I don't even, I didn't know him. I met his wife cause she was my banker. She got pissed off with us bank because they're such Nazis over there with the masks she leaves, but in the process, I had remembered that her husband was trying to get started in cattle. So I'm, I'm like, oh, I got a call. So I, I couldn't even remember where she worked. So I, and I did a quick internet search. I thought, this has got to be the place. It's the only 
farm credit area in the, in the, in the county. So I call and I ask and who answers the phone? It's her. I mean, like no right way. then. And the minute I'm like, is your husband interested? And she's like, Oh, he absolutely. He'd love to. So that's merging now to where we're taking in a, a young, enthusiastic rancher that's wanting to grow his herds. That's now going to so cool. work into a completely, he's already doing grass fed, but we're talking grass fed, no antibiotics. Right. And so you're, you're bringing up a new generation and that's going to happen by all of us working together. We can't, yeah. we're, we're, we're soon to become the wisdom class. They're killing off the current wisdom class. We are becoming yeah. in time, the wisdom class. And we have to make sure that the younger keep coming up with us and bring and sharing. Yeah, that's so good. We do. It's awesome. That's really exciting. People are leaving their their jobs, people are leaving um, their corporate jobs, IT jobs, because it's too much, it's too stressful. And they're trying to get into farming. And when we were, when we were selling our piglets, we met so many amazing people. I met a family who they had just up and he had dropped his, left his job. He was probably, you know, mid forties with the whole family. They were living in like a, like a yurt nice. and for a little bit while they built their house. That's like all these new homesteaders. We met so many of them, some liberal, some conservative, um, just everybody who was doing something a little bit different. And this community that you learn, like I've learned so much from, I've learned so much from talking to you. Um, I learned that parsley is like one of the most nutrient dense things you can grow. Um, and then, and, and then just talking to each other and saying, you know what, this worked for me. Yeah. And then be, don't be afraid to say this doesn't work for me. And also understand like what Scott, you just talked about something. You've got this guy that you've got land and you need, um, somebody that has skills. And we have a lot of that going on right now. We've got people that are maybe they're elderly. I've got the land. I don't really want to lose my farm. I'd love to have somebody come on and you've got the people that want to, and I understand things can get sticky and legalities. And you know what? There is something to just a good old fashioned handshake and you don't have to go into it expecting anything other than I'm going to get some skill out of this or I may get a little bit of labor. And if it goes south, then we break it up. But I think that we should at least try and not be so afraid to join together with people and and to make these kind of connections where if I've got something that you need and you've got something that I need, let's work it out. There's a great model that I've just was introduced to and it's um, I'm anxious to meet this person. I'm going to try to get him on the show they have been coordinating their communities so that each neighbor is growing something specific. So like one person is going to grow corn, potatoes, as an example, beans, and then the whole community has food. That's one model. Another model of someone else I came across the other day has been just going door to door going, can I grow a garden on your property? And you can take what you want from it. I just want to grow a garden. So rather than looking for themselves, which again, this is the thing, they're working to give everybody food in the process. They're getting what they need back, but they're yeah. growing all these gardens through the community. You know, Duncan, who does uh, Kilted Christian, he's um, yeah, yeah, we love Duncan. He's awesome. Well, he's doing this. He he found an older woman that had two acres. She wanted to turn it into a community garden. So Duncan says, "I'll just I'll do the work for you." And then he's got a small patch himself in there. So he's working to get That's this huge. whole two acres That's converted because awesome. she couldn't do it herself. So again, if we just are asking and talking to people, if you don't have the property, yeah. go out and do it and, and make it happen. I mean, this is, and certain properties are going to have certain limitations. Like, you know, out where this other property is, there is, a, you know, there's coyotes, there's bears, there's elk, which love to trample the fence, which are going to, uh, I swear yeah. they're going to turn into a stake if they keep this up. And, <laughs> and you've got deer. And so 
gardening is another challenge. I mean, and, it, and it's a whole different mega challenge because the fencing and stuff you have to have. But when you start to look at your properties for what they can do, raising pigs, raising bees, raising, um, you know, L or cattle. Now you start to be able to maximize each of these properties for what they're best yeah. at. Right. So it's really, yeah. Yeah. okay. So what's the show we've been watching with the Rainies? Oh, Homestead Rescue. Okay. So we've, we've been watching when we have time, this show, and I don't know where you guys can find it. We got discovery plus free with our cell phone service. So anyway, that's where we've been watching it. But they, they this family that's from Alaska, it's dad and his, his daughter and his son, they go and they, they rescue a lot of these homesteads that are flailing and they're not doing well. And Lee and I have been watching that. And it's amazing to see how like, so they've had to deal with moose in Alaska. They trample fences way even worse than, than elk do. And so to, to they are the dumbest, meanest animal on the face of this earth. I swear. To watch them be able to build fortresses that will keep out bobcat and like the, the craziest of predators. It's, you know, it is okay, guys. I guess I, with, with what we do, we try to pull away from the technology and stuff like that. Well, while we have it, learn some skills. Yeah. Watch these things and 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 get it like Mark Baker of Baker's Green Acres that was just on your show. He does a, a show like five nights a week, I think four or five nights a week. And he has classes that you can take online and in person. And he has a little Facebook group called anyone, the can anyone farm, can farm tribe questions and find uh, a community. Even, if you guys didn't know Bards, uh, FM has a, um, on telegram, telegram group. What's it called? I forget what that one's Bards called. gardening or Bards, Bards gardening. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, and then, and then you can ask questions back and forth. This might be a good time to plug. If you're in the Midwest, if you are anywhere, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky, uh, we are going to be at a really cool homesteading gathering. If you are, if you are anywhere near, it's called old school survival Boot Camp. That's the website. Old if you want to learn some of these, you, we're, we're talking about these skills, Scott. Yep. And some people are like, well, I've never seen it. I don't even know how to do it. Right. Yep. So if you're in the Midwest, May 13th, 14th and 15th, grab a campsite somewhere in, in the middle of Ohio, uh, Lake Hope or something. We're going to be there. And they're going to have a cow butchering. This is all hands-on. So you're going to learn how to do things. Like sheep shearing. You will have the shears in your hand going over the sheep. I mean, this is They're going to be tanning hides. Um, they're going to be for, uh, foraging, first aid, cool things like that. I'll put the and, link you know, up under the show and and then yeah. I'll add it to the beginning too. Okay. So they've got perfect, it. Perfect, perfect, perfect. We want anybody that's part of the Bards family to be there. Lee and I are going to be doing a class, God and Government. Um, we'll be teaching and we're going to be doing videos and put it up. Um, and it's another, just awesome Bards, another Bards homesteader is going to teach a class. Jacelyn, 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 yeah. she's awesome. She's helped us out. She came and did the ham radio class. Yeah. We're all hammers now. Thanks oh, to Scott. Oh, oh, get this, not ham radio, but speaking of Jacelyn, this is something cool. I just learned from her. She had like a boatload of eggs 420. and you know what she does? She mixes that, like whips them all together you know, like she called it scrambling, but she wasn't cooking them. She was just put it, mixing them all together. She dehydrated them at some degree. You can Google it. I don't know. She says she can fit 40 eggs in one quart jar powdered, and then you can rehydrate those eggs and use them in anything from baking to making an omelet. She must so have freeze dried them. She must have freeze dried them. No, she just dehydrated them dehydrated. in her dehydrator. She just dehydrated them. All right. I got to figure this. That's good because I have a dehydrator. I don't have the freeze dryer. So I, I need to, that's a great tip. I was like, woo, storing eggs is huge. Well, so then, you know, and then you, the, go ahead. The lady putting on this show, Tara, 
uh, putting on the the boot camp, she said, "Oh yeah, we I dehydrated eggs, and I would have them at this you know uh, primitive horse camp, and everybody was like, it's not going to be any good, and they were so good. Um, so you there there these are the things that we can learn from each other, yeah. and uh, it's so exciting. The other day." Um, we get leftover produce from a market for our pigs and we got a bunch of nectarines and a bunch of grapes that were going to go bad in about 2.5 seconds. So I, um, I pureed them and then you cooked them I down. did them, I did them on parchment paper and it didn't work very well, but I cooked them down and I put, I, I ended up buying the silicone mats yep. and I put them in my greenhouse and I have, well, this- you did them in the oven first. You finished them in the greenhouse. Okay. So either way I finished them in the greenhouse. They actually, they actually finished in the greenhouse. Um, and I have been using my greenhouse on hot days to dehydrate things. So if you don't even have a dehydrator, if you have like a mini greenhouse, you can create, um, but she made these fruit roll-ups that are delicious. That's they awesome. are so good. Yeah, that was my thing. first thing. Drying things, I think is our next step that we're going to get into. So there's a I lot love of canning. Yep. I want to be able to dry things in case I, you know, don't have, I'm really big on drying versus canning only because of the, I mean, there's a limitation of space when you're dealing with canning. Right. And, and it's, I'm, I do can, it's not a problem, but there's a limitation of space. If you can dry, I mean, I've been doing jerkies and I've been doing fruits and I'm going to tell you, it is so awesome because when you grab a bag of fruit and bag of jerky, you're good for most of the day. Right. Yeah. Your pears that you sent us for Christmas they were, so sweet. were the sweetest thing, like almost too sweet. Like I was like, how is there this much sugar in this pear? That's, I think that's I'm right going to dehydrate tree in our back. pears this year. That's amazing. We're going to dehydrate ours this year. We've never done it. Like we've dehydrated fruits, but not our own. You know, another one for, you mentioned eggs, and this has been a long time. I have to do the, there's a timing from fresh eggs to the actual uh, prepping of it. But you can, the old way was to, dip them in paraffin and you could contain, you could preserve eggs for months right. on paraffin right. at the, at the, at a normal level. So most everybody kind of had a cold cellar. So it was kind of marginal temperature, right, right, right. but nonetheless dipping them in paraffin was another way, which is really, I've, and then people talk about lime. Haven't done lime. That's a new one. I haven't, I've seen it, but I haven't done it. It freaks me out. I got to tell you the whole egg preserving thing, like preserving them. It, I, I have on my own hurdles. <laughs> that I got to get over and I've gotten over other hurdles. So I know I can do it. I'm just, that's not one I have done yet. Okay. Bugs are going to be a hurdle. I will not get over. I'm with so you on clear. the bugs. Okay, We're good. All right. Just so we're making sure we're clear. No bugs. All right. Let's talk a little bit about bees. When we look at homesteading and we look at some critical things, like literally if you have a source, if we took a goat or a cow on a property, we've talked a lot about pigs, but let's talk about goats or cows and you have milk and you have honey, literally, you that's all you need to sustain yeah. life. It's it. Absolutely. So Absolutely. So, I mean, apparently Jesus was raised on milk curds and honey on many things. Yeah. So, right? So it's all you literally need. So the we'll talk another time about goats and milking and all that stuff. But let's, let's talk about bees because I think you guys have done bees. Michelle, you've done bees. And it's, a, it's fantastic in just the process. I think that's one of those things – when you start to get into bees, which I'm starting to now, and I'm, and we're going to talk offline because I'm about ready to make my order of all my crazy stuff I need, including my special suit. So I'll be like, <laughs> if I do a good video, I could probably make it look like an alien invasion and just get ahead of the deep state anyway. So that'd be good. But um, 
bees. I mean, there's so much in this in the bee. Hive, <laughs> right? time <laughs> there is so much into the bees. The, my number one thing for people is that if you have an inkling at all, and like I could probably keep bees, then you're probably supposed to be a beekeeper. There are people that are just terrified of them, and I would never push that on anybody. Um, I think that they're like my little buddies. I dream about them. I think about them. I love them. Um, I think you should tell people though, that if you're just going to keep bees, cause you want honey, you're not, it's, you're be disappointed. So, cause you, you have to tell to them do that it because bees is more of a conservation. It is. Experience. It really is because if you, because there's going to be years that you're not going to get honey because you have to, something's right going to happen bees. and you have to do what's right for those bees. Mm -hmm. I believe you don't have to, there are beekeepers that don't, you just buy a new call next year and whatever I'm harvesting my honey and whatever, but to sustainably keep them, you know, there's different things that happen. And, and depending on where you live, like everybody thinks that keeping bees out in the country is the best place to have them. Well, that's true. And that's also not true because if you live out in the country where you're going to have a big farm, that's going to be spraying a lot of roundup, that's not actually the ideal pesticides. for you. are going to have to make a relationship with your local farmers and ask them, can you just please tell me what days you're spraying and I will keep my bees shut up. It's that simple. Like you're going to have to have that relationship. And so uh, we live in suburbia. We don't actually have to deal with a lot of that with the roundup and, and all of, because, the because the, the crop, we don't have anybody doing a big spraying that's going to in the air. And then the bees come back and they're, they're dying. So I don't have to deal with that challenge, but I know beekeepers that do. So there's a lot involved in beekeeping, but number one, um, I would encourage you to try to find a mentor or a bee club and just show up and they can, and just get your feet wet going to an install. And what an install is, is when you pick up your package, that's what they call it. It's called a package of bees. And, and being there for an installation is probably, I would say one of the most educational things. If you just do that, you can start keeping, you can start keeping bees without that, but um, because they're at their most gentle at an installation. The most amazing experience, one of the most amazing experience of my life was when we got first got the bees and you you put them into their colony. You shake them. You, you shake, shake them, them into but the they box. they fly everywhere. And they're swarming all over there's you. There's like 10,000 bees, right? And we weren't even veiled that day. Yeah, they're probably about 10,000 bees. And you have all these bees and they're not always, you can't always do this. And you have all these bees and you're just standing there and we weren't veiled and they were just you're just in a different world and they're right. flying all around you. Now yeah. then they go in the box and they're never yeah, yeah, out yeah. like that again. Right, 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 right. But so, so that's one of my biggest things to encourage people. But um, honestly, the other tip that I give people, and I said this to Scott right away, I said, don't get one hive. Mm -hmm. I, I encourage two. And if you can three, and that's for several reasons, the one of them being, if you lose one, you'll probably not lose the other. You may, our friend Robin, who is a viewer of ours did lose uh, two hives this year. Um, but also you can do a comparison. If you're a first time beekeeper, you have no frame of reference of what they should be doing. So at the very least, if you've got two colonies, you're going to be able to go, this one's doing this and this one's doing this. And you'll, it'll be a learning experience to be able to compare. The third reason is also, if you've got one hive that does really well, you can pull what we call resources from that hive. So let's say you've got one hive that's not doing very well. Maybe you need to requeen. Maybe they just need some more numbers. So you pull a frame of eggs and larvae out and you drop it into the other hive. Maybe they don't have enough honey. You pull a frame out. Some people say that's not good bee practice. What if your bees have diseases? And I'm like, listen, they're living next door to each other. I don't think that the disease is that big of a deal. Um, and so uh, those are the three reasons why I say to have more than one hive. But honestly,
honestly, to me, there's just something so amazing about the keeping of bees, the, the depth of what you can learn, uh, the spiritual aspects, um, the, the highs and the lows of keeping them. To so me, why it's, don't it's you more tell than any other animal. At first you were leaving winter. You thought you had all five hives and then you went out there. I had many? six hives. I, uh, at the end of winter, uh, all of them had made it. I thought, because I could see by the activity on a warm day. And then I went in them the other day and I lost four and I came out with two. So four out of six of my hives, yeah, I just lost. Just this now, last winter? Just this past winter. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then did they leave or did they die off? They died. They died. They don't ever leave me. If I ever lose a hive, it's just because they've, they just died. And it's for various reasons. I didn't have any die from moisture this year. I don't know what happened to them. You can tell moisture because you'll open up a hive and there's mold. Um, that means they didn't have proper ventilation. That's my biggest thing. I always want to make sure they have plenty of ventilation going into winter. Um, you just never know. They If they cluster in the wrong spot, there could literally, and you'll have this, there could be food two frames over, but they're clustered and they won't move to go and get that that food. Um, so it's, it's, but the good news is, is that because I've got these, this breed of bees, the one that has the strongest genetics of the Saskatraz that I talked to you about, that hive made it and is booming. So just the other day I made a split. So now I have three hives. Wow. So coming out of spring right away, I've made a split and I had two hives. Now I have three and I'm actually, I told Leah, I was a little bit relieved. And this sounds really weird to say this. I was a little bit relieved that I lost some of those hives because I have limited space here on our property. And that breed is so prolific that they are prone to swarming. So this year, I know I'm going to catch at least two swarms off of my hive or make more splits. Ideally, it's splits. You split before they swarm. And I'm going to have, and I can max do six. I can't have any more than that. So I'm, I was already kind of panicking. Like, I'm going to have six of these prolific hives. That means I'm going to have to start selling nukes. And a nuke is a five-frame box of bees with a queen. And, and a lot of people are looking to buy nukes. It can be very lucrative. I just don't have the time to, catch to do it, swarms. to catch them. And so I was kind of relieved. I'm like, okay. So now I can probably handle the splits that I'm going to need to make this year. Um, but and if you then, have an extensive amount of property and resources, just that's how you look in these fields and you see all these hives. It's because they probably have a prolific breed of bee and they just keep making splits or catching swarms and you just get more and more and more and more and more. Bees are so fantastic. They really self-produce, but what are you going to do with those empty hives now? Um, I have one that I literally set up in our pear tree. I set a box up in it. I meant the honey. Oh, well, hang on. I, right. so to catch a swarm, that's yeah. a, it's a swarm box that I put there. Um, but the boxes that I, that I pulled these, the hives, they did, they didn't starve because they had all this food. I've got three boxes sitting in the basement. I'm just going to harvest them and I'll, and we'll eat, we'll so eat the honey. Unfortunately, they, they didn't make it, didn't but make I'm going to take their honey. Take the honey. So there is, there's, kind of, there's a, you can weigh it. Right. So I, mean, I think it's, it's, again, we're kind of back to this principle, the reality of life, which is the, we're in a food circle, a circle of life. And part right. of that is you're not always going to be able to get what you expect on the harvest time, whether it's an animal, whether it's vegetables, whether it's honey. Right. But you've also talked, I mean, one of the pieces here is the importance of redundancy. So if you're just going to have one hive and think that's going to do it all for you, like you said, if it's just, if it's just honey, you've missed the point. And exactly. I think you missed the point on everything. If you're just trying to grow a garden to grow food, then you're missing kind of the point. We're also talking, yeah. my big thing is like everything I'm looking at is heirloom, right? So if we're going to, I've been having a big discussion about what are, what as the breed of cattle that I want run on that property, because 
I want it heirloom based of some fashion, yeah. right? That doesn't mean necessarily we're going to go down to like the Highland Longhorn or long hairs. I mean, those are but, so great, fun though, yeah. But they're they're a difficult one to harvest, and their meat is a little bit difficult, right? Right, right, uh -huh. right. But looking at say Holstein, or if we're going to is as an example, might be one that we'll look at as as breeding out. If we're going to uh, talk about um, fruits and, and vegetables and you're trying to find things that you're trying to preserve that you can get the seeds from and you're, you're trying to propagate that and you're, you're helping propagate a diversity in the, in the biosphere yeah, in, in, in the, in the microbiome and the whole concept of everything we're in. And then when you're talking about animals in particular, heirlooms, if people really appreciate that are going to be a lot more resilient, they're going to be more natural to natural foraging, or they're going to be better mm -hmm. suited because like rabbits, as I'm learning now, there's certain varieties that are older, that are better suited for their fur and better suited for survival in the wild. But because of that, they're easier to cage because they're used to living in little caves underground. So right. oh, wow. in each of these phases, as we start to understand the animals and what the needs are, we can help create a diversity and maintain the diversity in the ecosystem. This is where your, your vegans and your crazy vegetarian types miss the whole piece because it isn't just for food. It is a process. So like you're talking about the bees that you select, which is important, but you're helping propagate a hive species that has been dying out. I think you told me they were almost extinct, right? Um, with the Saskatraz, I'm not sure about that. Actually, they are a, um, I don't know. I, I have not looked into I think the, they're actually a new, they're a, they're, breed. well, they're a hybrid breed of two different breeds, uh, a Canadian breed and a breed from California that they have, um, they have bred together because the, the reason why I'm so behind this breed, I think what you were probably thinking of, and maybe you did research that I didn't on these and I, and you may, you may know something I don't, but the reason why I'm so behind them is we have been attacked by something called the, um, the, um, Varroa the vir Varroa mite. Yes. And we didn't have the Varroa mite before Not here to, until it was like from the seventies, seventies yeah. or eighties. So we need to have breeds of bees that are prone to be disease resistant that will literally eat. So, um, I know your viewers aren't listening or are, are just listening. Um, so let's, let's take like a, a Frisbee, maybe a little bit bigger than a Frisbee and put it on your, on your back. To a bee, that's the size of a of a roomite, and they just suck the blood off of them. This is and 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 your hive will have thousands of them. It's so bad. So to have a breed that will eat them off of each other, right, and kill them, it's so so important to have these breeds that are resistant against against the varroa mite, resistant against these diseases that will like foul brood. Um, and and uh, so anyway, so that, that's why I chose and to be winter hardy. And to be uh, prolific, a lot of people don't like this breed because they're too prolific. Because they're there, that's a lot of work. If you live in suburbia, you have to. Catch I would not stars. recommend you having this breed of bee only because it's not nice to have a, a your your bees swarm and you don't catch them. Um, it's okay if you're in the country. It's okay if you're in the country. Let them swarm. <laughs> but if they go to your neighbor's house, you. you're going to get the call. It's like uh, I've got. The bees sitting on my porch. I got your bees. Yeah, they're a lot of work to yeah. stay on top of. And so I just have to, for me, I just stay on top of them. Well, I think you know, that's important you, because this is another part. And, and this is where ordinances are important. Oregon is, I always say this, Oregon's a crazy state. Okay, because, and I think there's a lot of similarities to Ohio as we've talked. Um, Oregon is like red mainly, but it's got 
three counties that are stupid blue, but it is the, the policies that they have passed by virtue of being kind of a greeny environmentalist state have been actually for farming have been very small farming have been very productive. They're very anti forestry. They're very anti mining, but at the same time, when you, bees are a good example in our state, Oregon state, Extension Service has been given a mandate by the state Senate that every single year they have to update urban beekeeping policies and procedures, and it is legal in every community in Oregon, which is not the case everywhere, right? No, it's not. I don't think we have that here. Um, For us, it is legal to keep bees, um, but you're supposed to register them with the Ohio State Extension Office, I think, or something like that. I, I, I'm not going to talk about whether mine are registered or not, but, um, <laughs> which of course we know they are. So that's all good. So that's of course. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I love that, that even in Oregon, then that's the, that's the beauty. We've been able to join hands with a lot of these greenies because they want to do the same things that we want to do. And they actually don't want the, re- they want regulations in other parts of life, but they don't want the regulations when it comes to like preserving the earth and, the, and our way of life and the, and the beekeeping, you know, process there. So I think that that's awesome that you guys have that, that they're, that they're encouraging beekeeping. Well, I just, I just think that the bigger piece here is for everybody to realize the importance of just looking at what you have in your space and maximizing it for food. I mean, this kind of goes full circle to where we began, which is if you are not growing food, if you are not busy doing this right now, you're missing the boat. You're behind the curve already, so get busy. There's a lot to do. It's every day is something new you're learning. Um, Each person's going to have their niche, and you're going to get good at it. And if the more you do it and you're going to continue to learn with it, and then there's all this sharing. So the, just the exchanges we have regularly are pretty amazing because there's a lot of experience that cross pollinates. And then as we start to work with other farms, you guys are, know, Mark Baker, you see him, I've got Helios farms up my way. And then, you know, Helios farms and Mark Baker are close friends. I mean, this is just an integrated circle that the more we do this, we're literally creating the the breakaway economy, which is what we're doing. Yeah. And the foundation yeah. of that is if you don't have food security, you're never going to have sovereignty. It is that simple. The fundamental issue that people miss of why they were so successful in the Revolutionary War is that the soldiers could get their food from the farmers. It yeah. was yeah. that simple. They didn't have to have centralized supply chain or supply lines. It was a de- decentralized, de- deconstructed supply line system, ultimately, that farmers were selling to the, the soldiers. And when we continue to look at that model going forward, we're not going to be able to take this country back unless we decentralize food. It's that simple. It, yeah. No, that you well, you're the talking on the about head. like World War II, uh, you know, they had food lines in the cities. But if you're in the country, that didn't it did not affect you because your cows kept giving milk, your crops, your crops kept coming up, right. you know. And so that is honestly, if we want to talk about one of the most nefarious things that the deep state has done or the powers that be, it's to make us dependent upon a system. And we let's admit it. We're Look de- at Shanghai. Yeah. yeah. Great one. Yeah. I mean, that We're coming to a city a near you, literally coming to a city near you. OK. Yeah. They are. Yeah. The farmers can't get into the city. The truckers can't get into the city. But if you're in the city, you're trapped. You can't go out to get food. I mean, that's literally where we are. So if they, you want to stay in the city, 
I just tell you to make sure you've got about two years of preps because it's going to be, yeah. and you better have some way of growing indoors with your own generator, with a grow lights or something, because no, it's, that's crazy, that's, right? It is. And it, I, so before we end and we got to get going, but before we end, I want to encourage your listeners. Mm-hmm. You've heard a lot of stuff here today and I get that there's the personality type. You're probably an Enneagram one that says, if I can't do it perfect or I can't do it all, it's too overwhelming. Yeah. I'm not even going to start. There are there are personality types that are really going to have a hard time with, with all this information because, and all, because they're like, if I can't do it all, if I don't have the property or I can't just, I don't have the skill set. I'm just, I, I want to do it. I really want to do it. But if I can't do it all, then I'm just not going to start. Well and, and if I can't do it well and perfect, I would ask you to pray to God to break that off of you. Start with just one thing and get excited about it. Whether it's beekeeping, you can do that in an urban area. Literally, they do it on buildings in downtown Cincinnati everywhere. If you, Whether it's uh, rabbits or just a garden or a pot of tomatoes, start with one thing that you can get excited about and shut all of the other things that you've heard here today. Just go, oh, that's nice. And just focus in on that one thing and do it and do it well. I and had, then God will bring you something so else. My friend down the street, she lives probably about on an eighth of an acre, quarter of an acre. What do you think Jan's is? Mm-hmm. Very small, but her little garden area with raised beds is probably about, I want to say 15 by 10. Okay. And she's got these raised beds. They grew so much food in like a 15 by 10 area with raised beds. They were given that it they away. had every time we would take a walk in the neighborhood, they had a cart, they had a for free. cart of all kinds of fruits and vegetables for free. Okay. So you have to have you the better manure you have, the bigger crops you're going to have, but you don't have to think big. You can think small. You can think, you know, and, and another thing you can do is if in fact, I would encourage people not to think big in this. Yeah. Because what'll happen is you'll get in there and Joel Salatin talks about this all the time. You'll get in it and you just give up because you realize you can't do it all. Do not bite off more than you can chew with this. I have a totally saying, agree. we have, Joel has a saying, which is uh, good enough is awesome. Is great. Is good enough is great. No, I, I agree with and that 100%. Your building, your animals, your garden, don't make it be out to be something awesome and pretty. I mean- our our yard has turned into something different than it used to. Okay. We had the manicured lawn. And we, I think we may have told our story on your show, but we have had some neighbors who weren't exactly happy that the our whole side yard went from a beautiful manicured lawn to it is now completely, we did uh back to Eden gardening where you build up the soil with mulch, mm-hmm. wood chips, uh, wood, wood chips. Um, we had a, a guy who was getting rid of his entire grape vineyard with the, 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 the lines and the, schools. all we had to do is tear it down and transport it. We literally and- brought every grape plant and about half of them survived every pole, every wire. And it took up the whole yard and, and it did. And, and in between I grow garlic. Okay. Which is one of those things. Everybody can grow garlic. It's so simple. You can go to the store. Even they'll start to grow. You take your bulb, one bulb, one toe, one toe, and in the fall, at least in our area, in the fall, you stick it in six inches in the ground. You will have gar- you will have garlic, a whole bulb come spring. If you want to not feel- come spring, come late, come late. OK, midsummer. Yeah, you're going to have it start coming up and it'll, it'll come yeah. spring. It's the easiest thing in the entire world. We also grow, to grow. Uh, berries over there. We grow tomatoes over there. Vining like squash. So it's a bit different. 
Okay, so you're not, and some of but our, see, you know, it's our really, buildings. It's really not it's that different. different. It's it's normal. I think this is what it is, That's right? It. So it's it's normal. So we'll kind of close this up. I'm just going to end with because we want to do a prayer, and we'll kind of do like we normally do with the three round rounds robin. But um, the battle for many is going to be the battle of the HOA. Homeowners oh Association. Oh my gosh, the Homeowners okay. Association. So if, this is where, like, when we take county by county and we want to knock it down to neighborhood and local, we have got to win the war on HOAs and the HOAs. And yeah. this is something, I'm just, well, this is a whole nother show, but I'm just going to end with this. Something I'm literally looking for an attorney to help write out HOA redrafted rules that knows HOAs that we can make publicly available for anybody that's dealing with an HOA. Because what you need, we need to do is a change of language. That the landscape needs to be edible. That's it. it. Does it can still be aesthetic, but you have to have an edible landscape. And then that opens up a whole other realm of design. What that looks like, but we're going to have to win that war because way too many communities have been purchased by these holdings, these corporate holdings, put community members on board that are just a pain in the tail. And they just want to maintain the aesthetic, useless, yeah. toxic lawn format. And we've got to break that. When we start to break that at a local level, we reclaim another big aspect. There's 70 million acres in this nation under toxic lawn. We get rid of that 70 million and per- turn them into productive, edible landscapes. Oh, yeah. We're into a whole new game, literally. It's huge. It is. It's huge. And Yeah, it's, people it's, keeping chickens. Uh, I got a friend of mine said, I, I want a greenhouse, but my HOA won't allow me. Your HOA won't allow you. This is evil. We have to be able to take these things on. Exactly. It's not enough just to tell people to move. Okay. That these shouldn't be existing this way. No, they shouldn't. But it's, that's kind of the, like you own, but you don't own. You'll own nothing, rent everything concept. So Leah, you want to start the prayer and then we'll go to Michelle. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Father God, we uh, brought um, these, the wonderful listeners, a lot of information but it doesn't mean anything until you drop it into their souls. Amen. So I pray, Father God, that um, you spark a fire in everybody who's listening to show them what you have for them, to give them land, to give them deeds, to give them uh, ways to overcome um, HOAs and, and township zoning and to be creative and to find joy in growing food and building families. Um, Father God, you want us to be healthy. You want us to be sound-minded. Uh, we shouldn't have to fight a system to do the will of God. And so, mm. Father God, we know that liberty isn't the ability to do what we want. It's the ability to do what we ought. So we pray, Father God, right now for liberty to do what we ought. Show us, Father God, how uh, we can grow food, Help us to have great uh, fertilizers. Help us to make connections and community um, with our with with new friends, um, with everybody who's listening, who has a great and awesome talent. And I know right now there are people who are listening who have skills. You're going to teach people how to be blacksmiths. You're going to teach people how to be shoemakers. You're going to teach people how to be cloth makers. And you're and they're listening right now. And you're giving them plans right now. And you're showing them how we can take our sovereignty back by each and individual family becoming Amen. really, really good at something mm-hmm. and sharing that skill with other people. And I just pray that you get people excited that you're about ready to do a, a new work right now. And we get it. We get to experience it. They have their great, great reset, but you have your great reset. And I pray father God, that you continue to bless Scott and getting this message out and that it goes 
far and wide in Jesus name. Lord God, we just give you all glory, honor, and praise for bringing us to this moment, for bringing Scott to this moment, to resistance chicks to this moment, the listeners right here, right now to this moment where you're about to do something. You're already in the middle of doing something big. We do know that a bone has needed to be reset for a long time. And it's painful to go through that reset uh, time, but father God, you're doing it and you are going to do a good job a good yes. work of putting that bone right back into place yeah. the way that it was always intended to be and actually better. Our founding fathers did an, an incredible job, but they still had uh, to something that needed to be built upon. And it's our job to build upon that and make it even Mm. better. So I just pray that you give us the ability to do that. The listeners that have maybe grabbed a hold of something even small that we said today, I just pray that you will cause that to grow inside of them, that you will give them the ability, you will give them the resources, that you will team them up with mentors and people to show them how to hone in that skill, that desire, that treasure that you have put inside of them, that you will take them before uh, people that they never even fathom, just like you placed Scott in this position to be able to learn how to butcher right when he was asking you. You placed the desire on Scott's heart. I want you to learn to butcher. And then you provided the thing. You provided the way for him to do that. And it's not just about the butchering. There's so much more. There's community involved there. I thank you for Bards Nation. I thank you for the Bards headquarters that's in Oregon. I thank you that there's going to be other Bards headquarters that pop up in different areas of the country where this family is going to be able to help one another, that this it's going to spread this county by county. I would just pray that you bless county by county, that you, um, cause it to seat inside of people that maybe they've never even heard of Scott Kesterson or maybe they've never heard Bards FM, but they have that county by county inside of them. And I just pray that you unite those people with other like-minded people to take back our nation county by county. And maybe you're listening overseas to take back your county um, in other nations. Father God, we know that the kingdom of God wants to expand. You want it to expand. Allow us to do that. And may we spread revival while we're spreading this renaissance of, of food and, and the way that we should live, that people will come to know you in a powerful and mighty way by getting back to the way that you designed us to live back to the garden. Amen. Amen. Father, we are here today just totally blessed to have these combined thoughts and minds and shared experience to just bring to the many. We just ask that and we sit here, we're all compelled to move to sow seeds. It's such an important time to put our hands literally in the earth, to feel the connection with you and to take that out into the world, to sow the many opportunities and the very the spiritual connections through Jesus that so, that so many need. Father, we are here in this time of, a, of a, what seems to be a looming crisis for many And yet we know how easy this is to reset, to simply make a choice to walk with you, to take responsibility in our lives, to start growing food, to start taking accountability in our lives and working together as a community to bypass the crazy, to bypass the chaos, the politics, the noise, and to come to the center point of our love in Christ and our love in you. So Father God, we just ask that this message today continues to resonate with people, that it will grow out of the, to expand the community, to continue to build the bridges, to bring us together, and to come together in your name. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. What an awesome show. Um, we're about ready to go hot on Clout Hub. For weekly shows. So if you guys want to come over there and, and start dealing with a gardening show for 
county by county, that would be awesome, or any other topic you want to do. Well, we're going to try to focus on the county by county. So we've got it all. Hannah's been doing a fantastic job of getting everything set up and organized. Woo. So Go I'll Hannah. send you guys some information and just tell me when you want to do a show, whether we want to do home churches or you and Michelle, you can do your gold thing. I've got a place for you. <laughs> So it's good. That's awesome. And we can do um, Patriot Gardens and we can do all sorts of stuff. So just want to start building the community, bringing in the, the features every every week. And we have a, kind of a feature show and just start building it and really explode it. Jeff's going to be happy. He's been like, when are you getting over there? But it's like, no, he like, tells it to us when we run into him. When's Scott bringing County yeah. by County? So we're about <laughs> ready to go. And we're just about there. We finally bypassed the problem of getting postings over there because Hannah's been helping me. And we've been getting. That's amazing. The, she's awesome. She's awesome. She's doing great. So anyway, this is going to be a big, big next six months, I think. And this is a big time to really get people's eyes open. And I think when we look back on like these benchmark, like this show today, and we'll, we'll look back in a year and we're going to see an explosion in faith and the, and the explosion in accountability and, and really sowing seeds. So I think that's going to be pretty exciting. Amen. And right before we leave, I want to address probably what people's ears have been itching and they want to know about um, Bards Fest. And, and you guys know that, that Scott and, and Lee and I were going to partner together on, on something there. We're literally taking that day by day. But one thing I can tell you, the event in Plymouth, Lord willing, is going forward. Now, whether Scott can come in person is still to be set, but he will be there live streamed for sure if he can't come in person. So I want you guys to be counting on that as we, we're going to finish up an event that we're doing this weekend. And then um, if you're gonna, in Ohio, uh, go to resistancechicks.com. We're going to bring uh, Patriots oh, that's together. The event this Saturday. We're praying for, we're, we come, come to uh, West of Dayton. If you're in Ohio, we're going to pray for Ohio because here's the thing, guys. You talked about the HOAs. We talked about township things. We've got to have good people in government. And, and we're going to pray that God puts good people in government. Because that's the only way you're going to change And it. on a local it's not level. Change in the system. On a local level, state by state, county by county. Yeah. We're starting it right now. We're starting it in prayer. So, we're starting to make connections. So that's this Saturday. You can find information about that on resistancechicks.com. Then we're going to be doing the old school survival boot camp, May 13th, 14th, and 15th. But after that, Lord willing, all of our efforts are going to be going towards planning this event. Um, I think we decided it's going to be the weekend of 9-11. Um, that's not on purpose. There's other reasons for that. But um, so I want you guys bringing the First Nations. We're going to bring the, the First Nations together, get back to the pilgrims, the founding fathers. It's going to be totally different. So don't think Bards Fest. Think what Bards Fest is. And it's going to be a resistance chicks event. It's going to be a, uh, partnering with Bards Fest. And we're not putting all this any kind of pressure on Scott. But I know that you guys are, are, are hankering to get together. And we don't know what this summer looks like because there's a lot of crazy things that are going on. So if you have something on your heart to get together, you want to maybe even do a Bards Fest, maybe Resistance Chicks can come, maybe Scott can come, maybe we can live stream in, just get 30, 40, 50 people together and we'll make it happen. If it's on your heart, if you've got the property to do it, get a hold of us. What I'm saying is what we're... I, lo I love people that love to plan in advance. And I know you've got some Bards people that love to plan and they want to get their hotels booked and all of that. Guys, that this year is not the year for that. This is the year that maybe it's on a week's notice and we all <laughs> get together. 
Okay. Yeah. Like that's what we're looking at Bards Fest wise. And I don't, I don't want to speak for Scott here, but I think I can, cause we've had conversations on this. So look to the big event in Plymouth. If nothing big happens in the economic collapse and the, we're all zombie apocalypse, if that doesn't happen, then we're going to have that event. But in the meantime, let's just keep praying about what this summer looks like. And, um, and we can do smaller events. I'll fill out some gaps here. Cause I'll talk about it more, but it's a good point. It's kind of at the end of the show, but there is the decentralized Bards Fest is going to be the theme this year. And that's kind of what I've been just kind of, and you've spoken it well, and it's really where I can support and where you can support. We're going to support these events as much as we can, encouraging people to have local events. A lot of this is because of the current climate of things. It's expensive to travel for many. It's it's impossible to know what your state's going to pull the rabbit out of their hat to make life more difficult. I had a very direct conversation with a couple of uh, small farms recently and just cautioning them on getting too far away from their farms because with all of this garbage of trying to shut food production down, it's important that we respect the fact that what we're really trying to do is build community around farms. So if there is a federal incursion, then they've got a rally of people that can come to their support. That's really the big win here. We are looking outwards um, a year for a kind of a major event again. And we're doing that because there's a lot of things in the works that is, it's going to take this entire year to build. Agreed. And part of that next year is a launch of an, and I will just tee it up now, but I've kind of been teeing up lightly. We're launching a whole new ministry development program next year. And it's going to be all rooted on what we're doing through farming, through hunting, through food prep, through traditional skills to where we're literally creating, when we launch this next year, it will be the special forces of ministry of deciding discipleship. And it will include you guys. It's going to include all these other farms. It's going to include a a really extensive training for youth, for teens, for young adults and for adults in general. So that's really where my heart is right now, where God's put on my heart. So in the meantime, like you said, and I'll do a lot more detailing on this on the show, but it's really well said, Michelle. Yes. If you want to have a local festival, we're happy to support Arts Fest and Resistance Chicks come together to support that. And we're going to do that locally, whether it's 10 people, 50 people. If I can't be there, I'll, I'll teleconference in. If you can't be there, you can do the same. And that gives us a lot of flexibility and a lot of safety for the local areas. That is, I'm not being, I I get this a lot. You probably do. It's like, well, I'm not afraid of anything. It's I'm not being afraid. I'm being practical. Right. It's wisdom. Right. I mean, this is, this is practicality. (laughs) Um, Like we need to stay closer to our homes right now and do what we need to do. And I, when I traveled to St. Louis last year, it ended up being about a three week event. Right. To be honest, I can't afford three weeks away from right. Where yeah, I'm we can't right either. Now. And right. neither can you right. guys. But if we're if it's local within a day's drive or something, and Bingo. right, we can support that or two. But that's kind of the max. But so. some of you guys are, are you already have events planned, and you guys are part of these things. I, from what I've discovered with you guys at the Bards Fest, Bards Nation, y'all are hands on. Oh yeah, you are legit. You are hardcore. Okay, so you're already doing stuff. You know, if you can get a hold of us uh get to get contact uh resistance chicks say we're gonna do this event we'll put it up we're we're gonna try i think scott we're gonna try to be posting things yep. so that we can get people like on some sort of posting network so this is happening in michigan this is happening in florida we'll just do it on the cloud hub page yeah right. we'll and just, the telegram and perfect page. and we'll build that out over the next week or two i mean we'll start seeing that so there's gonna be a lot of connectivity this is really a good way it gives everybody flexibility we're not bound you guys have a big event i'm still toying with what we're going to do with a quote formal bards fest but i'm really 
just to kind of tee that up so people hear it, it's really more decentralized this year because I can run West Coast pretty easy and maybe like one state in pretty easily. Um, And that's good for this region. We, and we need to get emphasis on that, but it's important that people really take um, responsibility for their local community. So it's, it's exceptional. Yeah. So, all right. So one more time, if you guys are first Bards Fest resistance chicks event, I'm not putting it on lady named Tara Dodrill, old school survival, survival boot camp in Hocking Hills, Ohio, get your booty there. Uh, it's OSSBC 15, say $15. The tickets I'll, are like 75 for three days. Learn, you get to learn things hand on, make connections locally. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think going to be our first one that we're kicking off yep. here. Um, and then there'll be more. Let There's us know be a whole if you're bunch doing more. stuff. We're going to be a whole bunch more and we'll, we'll announce more as they go. And, and another thing, I think a lot of this, like you said, it's going to be rolling. So yeah. we're not going to just have a master calendar. There's going to be something. No, it's just got to happen as it comes up and y'all got to be ready to be hopping and moving. Just keep your go bag ready. Doggone it. That's yeah. why you got it. And jump in your car and drive. Let's go. This <laughs> That's is right. how we do this. This is awesome. Get your dehydrated jerky. There and you bring go. it on. That's right. All right. This has been a great show. Thanks for having us on, Scott. You bet. Have a blessed day, ladies. Okay, bye-bye now. All right, bye. God bless. Patriots, that was Resistance Chicks Part 2. If you didn't hear Part 1, you want to get that one too because they're just awesome. And you want to head on over to resistancechicks.com, check out their site, get behind them, follow their channel if you don't. They're all over. I mean, like, you just type in Resistance Chicks, and it's like I think they're on about every social media platform. I don't think they're on Twitter anymore because I don't think anybody that's normal is on Twitter anymore. Not even Elon Musk. I don't even know if Elon Musk is really on Twitter. He just acts like it. But anyway, just head on over there. Check him out. There's a lot of good things going. And we also have this old school survival boot camp. And I I don't have to spell it because I think you can hear it phonetically. Old school survival boot camp dot com. All together, one word. I think we got it. It's all right. So head on over to that. If you're in the area, it's going to be good. Resistance chicks are going to be there. And if they can get me in on a live stream, I'll join them in a show live stream. It's going to be awesome. You're going to learn lots of skills. And there'll be more of these coming up, more of these events coming up, which I'll let you know about. And we'll get people out to them. And then as we start to coordinate with some great Bards Nations people, we'll have these little brush fire Bards Fest all over the nation, which will be awesome. Start bringing people together. We need to keep them regional. We need to keep them regional and local. And if you want to go to all of them, I, good on you. I don't have the time, but I also feel strongly about making the connectivity now locally because we've got to start building out the local network and bringing Bars Fest to life. And, hey, by the way, if you are not in the United States and you're in Canada and you're in Australia or <laughs> I can't believe Ukraine's our fifth largest downloading place. If you're in Ukraine and you're not part of the Azov Battalion. But anyway, if you're over there, and you, you want to, uh, and you're in Russia, there's another good one. UK, Japan, China. There's some China people over there too. All these people, we're in 120 countries. So if we'd like to see 120 countries represented in the decentralized Bards Fest food revolution. So just kick it off. And if you've got an event going and you're like in Botswana, you want me to dial in, I'll dial into your event in Botswana. I'll even do it in Ukraine, though I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you uh, fake videos of like the ghost of Kiev flying around pret- pretending to shoot down Russian aircraft, which never happened. I won't be doing anything like that. 
But anyway, just check it out because this is really the thing. We want we want this to be spontaneous, organic, and we want to light the fires of the world and put God at the center and start getting our hands back on the earth and sow seeds. That's the bottom line because when we do this, we rock the world. We rock the deep state. They don't have control over our food. We take our world back. That's the whole point of this, right? Just taking our whole life back so they don't have any control over us. And when we do that, we start to get our sovereignty back, and that's the whole point of this. So that's it for tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. I did. It's awesome. And again, follow the resistance chicks and go to the boot camp, old school survival boot camp. Check it out if you can. It's awesome. Check it out online. It's a great place. All right, patriots. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up right now. God is right there just downloading wisdom. All you have to do is just reach out and go, hey, I need some. And he's going to be like, no problem. Here it comes. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, fearlessly for just such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.